Welcome to another episode of the Einstein Retirement Daily, where we discuss topics, news events, uh, economic issues, things that we think are important for you as a retiree to be knowing about and having information for. For today's topic, we are going to discuss inflation and we're going to discuss really how does it affect you and what should you be thinking about when it comes to inflation. More on that coming right up. As uh, always, if you hear something in today's podcast that causes you to want to make some changes or take some action in your particular situation, please confer with the appropriate tax, legal, or investment professional prior to making any changes in your specific situation. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, what a way to kick it off. Uh, we have uh, a little problem going on right now, and that is inflation. Now, inflation uh, only gets noticed as a problem uh, long after the inflation actually occurs. So I want to start out by dealing with what is inflation? When you hear someone talk about inflation, what exactly is it that they're referring to? Well, unfortunately, generally, when you hear someone talk about inflation, they're almost never talking about what is actually technically inflation, <laughs> okay? They're usually talking about price inflation. So price increases, say, at the gas station or the grocery store or something like that. That's what most people are thinking about when they hear that there's inflation. They think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to uh, go buy my groceries and I'll spend more money this week than I did uh, a month ago or uh, two months ago or a year ago. Okay, That's what most people are thinking about. And that's, you know, a fair assessment. But in, the inflation already occurred a long time ago when you walk into the grocery store and you see that the prices are much higher. A good example of this is uh, what we're seeing now. The inflation that drove all the price increases that we're seeing, uh, there's two uh, points of that. One of them is more economic supply and demand. Um, but the true inflation is the increase in the money supply. So let's uh, deal with something that I guess is a little bit obvious. So by obvious, I mean uh, when you bought your last television, if you bought a television anytime in the last five years, my guess is, is you got a bigger TV at a way cheaper price than what you paid 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Why did that happen? combination of technology and uh, the cost of the, the goods to produce it uh, drove, uh, drove that down. So the, mostly the technology, though, drove the price down. So uh, there was also a high demand for those types of TVs. And so then they produced a lot. A lot of TVs were produced. They found ways to cut costs through technology. And so the price of a television is very inexpensive for a very large uh, TV uh, today. So when you see that type of thing, generally that should be true in, I don't want to say every area of the economy, but maybe most. Most areas of the economy, as technology and efficiencies improve, should actually drive down prices. So why is it that we consistently see in many areas of the, our economy prices go up? 
I can't even imagine how cheap a TV would be if we didn't have inflation. Because inflation is a function of dollars being printed, okay? So we're gonna just stick with the US economy. So our currency, the US dollar, when those dollars are generated, excess dollars are generated, what we get is inflation, it's a byproduct. So the inflation is actually the process of increasing the amount of currency in the money supply. When you increase the money supply, that is inflation. Now, we have been increasing the money supply for a very long time. I would encourage you to Google a money supply chart. Uh, the St. Louis Fed has a nice website for that. And uh, if you look at the money supply chart, you will see it kind of go like this, creep along, creep along, creep along. And then all of a sudden we get this exponential rise in, uh, in the amount of money uh, in supply or, or in circulation. How the heck does that happen? Why does it happen? Well, uh, the way that it happens um, is primarily through debt. So through the banking system, we see banks that are loaning assets uh, or loaning dollars out based upon their reserves. And their reserves are in cash, in, in US dollars. So they have reserves of cash, but they're loaning money based on those reserves but they're not re required to have a one-to-one -one, uh, holding. So if they have uh, $10, they can loan out like $100. Uh, and so because of that, we're, we see an increase in the money supply. You incorporate also the Federal Reserve System, which backs and guarantees all of that debt so that if anything happens that it's a problem where there's all these defaults, the Federal Reserve and the bank, you know, goes under, the Federal Reserve will come in and make those depositors whole. So you put your money on deposit with the bank, they loan it out, okay, sometimes three to one, four to one, five to one or more. Well, how are you ever going to get your deposit? If you decide to go take a withdrawal and they have all these loans out there based on that, what gives? Well, the Federal Reserve System basically says, no problem, we're going to guarantee that this money is available. So it creates a, it creates a, uh, <laughs> a system uh, called fiat currency. So the U.S. dollar is a fiat currency and essentially means it's not real. <laughs> now, it's not, it is, I mean, obviously it's real, it's, but, but money is a, is a way to transfer value. Okay, so rather than, uh, you know, if I want to purchase uh, some some uh, items from the grocery store, I don't go in with, you know, uh, you know, my uh, farm goods to trade and barter. I don't do that. I take I take cash. It's a way to transfer that value. So when I do uh, the work that I do and people pay me and I get uh, dollars for that work, they're transferring that value to me. And then I use that value. Uh, dollars are a, 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 essentially a representation of value, time value in this case. Uh, my time value is then uh, put uh, to use to buy the things that I want. And people want those dollars because they can trade. It's, they can exchange those. So if you increase the amount of those currency or those dollars in circulation, you dilute the value of those dollars. This is a simple supply and demand principle. If I have more, uh, I like this, let's do this one. I like this analogy, M&Ms, 
Okay. Who likes M&Ms? Everybody, I think. <laughs> Who doesn't like M&Ms? So uh, if I have uh, five M&Ms and you ask me for an M&M, I'm likely to say, well, all right, you can have one. Okay. Because I still have four M&Ms and that's okay. But sure, you can have one M&M. But if I have 10 M&Ms and you ask me for one, I might say, yeah, sure. How about two? What happened? Did the M&M become any more in, or less intrinsically valuable? Did it become any more or less inherently tasty? You know, that single M&M? No, it's just that I had more of them. So I valued an, an individual M&M less. Because I had more M&Ms in total, I valued the one M&M less. And you can sort of imagine that. If somebody uh, asks you for an M&M and you have five, you feel reluctant. If you have 10, you might offer them two. And so it's just as simple as that, supply and demand. If you have more dollars, you value those dollars less. Also, if there's more dollars in circulation, there are more dollars competing for goods and services. So if you have a lot of dollars that you uh, have uh, gotten that are there not for productive work, they're not there for any time, effort, energy that have been put into the economy to generate goods and services for which these dollars can compete, then what you do is you create you create inflation just right out of the gate. So the way that we generally create inflation in our country and the reason why inflation has remained fairly low despite the fact that the money supply has gone up exponentially is because we put it on loan and banks aren't just loaning it for nothing. Okay. They do collect an interest rate, but they also loan it to generally corporations that are engaged in productive work. And so what happens is, is those dollars are being used to produce goods and services. As those uh, goods and services are produced, that is more things, more stuff that these extra dollars are competing for. So essentially, if I put it simply going back to our TV analogy, I can produce a lot of extra TVs. And even though there's more dollars, the price can still go down because there weren't enough extra dollars competing for this uh, for these few amount of TVs. No, there's a lot more TVs. So you take like an LG or a Samsung, if they borrow money to produce extra TVs, well, they pay their employees, their employees go out, they're ready to start buying these goods and services. And they say, hey, I'd like a TV. And yes, there's more dollars in circulation competing for those TVs, but there's also more TVs. So that's why we've seen inflation remain fairly low, despite the fact that uh, the actual real inflation, excuse me, price inflation, price inflation has remained low, despite the fact that real inflation, the amount of money in circulation has gone up very high. So what the heck is going on now? Why is it that we are seeing this massive amount of inflation lately? Well, I would put forward to you that the main reason why we suddenly see big price inflation despite the fact that the inflation, the, the increase in the money supply inflation already occurred. It occurred 
more than a year ago now. So why did it take so long and why is it now here? A large part of the price inflation that we're seeing today, despite the disruptions in the supply chain and all that, okay, that's a thing, but you know, that's not the biggest issue. The biggest issue, the biggest reason why we're seeing price inflation is because we attributed dollars for non-productive time, effort, and energy. All of those stimulus checks that went out to people, they were being paid to people not for doing productive work. We were actually paying them to not do productive work. So what the problem was is they weren't engaged in the economy producing goods and services. They were engaged in the economy only bringing dollars to the table, dollars to compete for those goods and services. Okay. If I know as a, uh, as let's say I manufacture, let's go back to our TVs. If I manufacture TVs and I know there's a hundred thousand dollars competing for my, uh, you know, uh, 100 TVs, I can charge a thousand dollars a TV. But if there's 10,000, if there's a million dollars competing for my 1000 TVs, I can charge $10,000 a TV. Okay. So if there's suddenly more dollars being brought into the system, but those people didn't get those dollars by producing, helping me turn that thousand TVs into 2000 or, or 10,000 TVs, if that's not what occurred, then the goods and services have remained steady but the amount of dollars competing for those goods and services went up and that is going to drive price inflation. The primary culprit for the price inflation that we're seeing today is the stimulus payments that we received. It was money that was given with no productive work attached. No one was generating a good or a service to receive those dollars. Therefore, it was 100% inflation and there was no modifier. There was no intermediary. There was no interruption into that. Unlike our traditional way of increasing uh, or uh, having increased inflation, which is to do it through loans and loans typically going to uh, big uh, companies. Not saying it's good or bad. I'm not placing a value judgment. I'm just explaining how it works. So that's what inflation is. And the price inflation, again, is the primary culprit, the stimulus payments, the free money, increase the amount of dollars competing for a same limited number of goods and services. And in many cases, because unemployment was so high, we actually had less goods and services being produced, but more dollars in the system that you just that's not normal. Normally, if you have less being produced you would have uh, you would have less dollars competing for those same goods and services but not not in this case in this case because of the the uh, stimulus payments the free money dollars flowing in and uh, being attributed to non-productive activities we had actually less goods and services more dollars competing it's going to lead to price inflation okay Price inflation and money inflation aren't necessarily the same thing, but we, we tend to focus on the price inflation because it's what affects us. Okay, That's where uh, Social Security now is getting the 5.9% cost of living adjustment. 
Okay, uh, rightly so. Okay, our government basically forked out tons of dollars and caused this inflation problem. Uh, it's probably uh, correct that they should give a nice big uh, cost of living increase. It's all mathematical. It's not like they decided to do it, um, but that is how it should go. So um, with that, I hope this helped. I hope that helps you understand what inflation really is. Should you be concerned about this ever increasing inflation period? Depends on how much more free money gets injected into the system. When I say free money, I mean specifically dollars flowing into the system for non-productive activities. The more dollars flowing into our financial system with non-productive activities, the higher price inflation will be and the more concerned we should be about it. The other type of inflation where it's all through loans, you should be concerned about it. I'm concerned about it, but it never seems to manifest exactly how we think it should. But it definitely gets misallocated and cause bubbles in certain sectors of the economy. So we always want to watch for that. Okay, uh, with that, we'll wrap up for today. Hope you found this to be helpful. We'll do more on inflation uh, here in the next uh, few days. I got more to say on it. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.